Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Sound check. Please give me your favorite Twitter emoji if you guys can hear me. Awesome. So, greetings, Web3 Twitter. We are going to give it a few minutes for the room to continue filling up. While we wait, I have two very special announcements today. One of them also happens to be very personal, so stay tuned for that. The first, if you haven't checked out just yet, season one of Adlunum's non-fungible talent NFT competition is live. So if you're an NFT artist, do submit your work and stand a chance to win. We've already received almost 100 entries since we launched Non-Fungible Talent just a few days ago. So send us yours and join the fam. Second, the magic powers, maybe, of NFTs. Adlunum as a company is passionate about the future of NFTs because as a company, we are also pushing the boundaries of Web3 investment with our dynamic NFT investor profiles, which is also why we are passionate about hosting the show on a weekly basis, talking to people, exploring the boundaries of what this technology can do. Now, as someone who has been in Web3 since 2017, I've been involved at various levels with many different Web3 startups. And it's the spirit of bold innovation in Web3, which has fueled my fire all of these years. And I think it's also why you guys are so in love with it. It's because, yeah, we are going to the final frontiers. So NFTs, I think, are especially exciting because it offers this amazing sandbox for all of us to play in different games, whatever it is we want to play and create, and of course, experiment with new use cases. Now, this, what I'm about to tell you, is a really, really big secret because he doesn't know this yet. And he's in the other room, so I don't want to say this too loud. But in a few days, I will be proposing to my partner. He's not on Twitter, so I'm going to assume that this news won't reach him until it gets to the top of the mountain during our hike. But because I'm as non-traditional as it gets when it comes to all things marriage, I won't be caught dead changing my surname or wearing a wedding ring, and I'm the last person I ever thought would think about marriage. I am going to take a slightly different direction with all of this and have some fun doing it with NFTs. So I have a few tricks up my sleeve already. But if you have any crazy suggestions for me, tweet them to me at Natya Besta and use the hashtag NFT proposal. The wilder, the better. Let's explore some of the possibilities of what NFTs can do in the love arena. But for now, we have a very, very awesome speaker in the house today. So let's hit the road and kick off today's very interesting chat with our fascinating guest speaker, Cyber Shakti. 
Cyber Shakti, are you here and audible? Can we do a sound check and tell me know, let me know, tell me how's it going with you today? Hello, check, check. Absolutely, check. How's it going? GM, GM, it's going so well. All right, I am very excited to be getting into all of this today. Let me do the intro and then let's kick the show on the road. Perfect. So if you are just joining in, hey, Web3 World, this is Nacha Besta from Adlunum, and you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases and dives into what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All of this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the amazing guest speakers we speak to each week. Adlunum is the only IDO launchpad that rewards attention with allocation. Our Engage to Earn platform features dynamic NFT investor profiles, NFT allocation fractionalization, and our one-of-a-kind proof of attention allocation mechanism. Catch the Future of NFTs live on Twitter Spaces every Tuesday and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast streaming platform for any of the episodes that you might be missing out on. Our sister's show, Diving Into Crypto, is live every Thursday. And very big surprise coming up, Jason Fernandez, Adlunum co-founder, will be hosting the next uh, episode of Diving Into Crypto this coming Thursday. So join us for both shows as we speak to thought leaders and change makers in this game-changing industry. On to today, in celebration of all things NFT art and Adlunum's non-fungible talent season one, we are bringing you today a very special guest, Cyber Shakti, founder of House of Shakti. After a decade-long career in media marketing, came early 2020, Cyber Shakti turned her sights to the NFT space, where she's active as a photographer, a glitch artist, curator, brand consultant, KOL, and the founder of NFT studio House of Shakti. That's a mouthful and very impressive, and I'm very excited to get into this today. A little bit more about Cyber Shakti's art. This is my own interpretation, so Cyber Shakti, please let me know if you have a different way of introducing your art, which is, of course, the next question. But to me, your art seems to have a very dualistic focus. On the one hand, it emphasizes this divine feminine principle Shakti. And for those in the audience who are not familiar with the term, it's a power of the divine feminine as it's known in Hinduism. So bringing this divine feminism into the cyberspace, but at the same time really focusing on preserving India's ethnic cultures and customs by uh, immoralizing, uh, immortalizing it on chain. So... I am very excited to get into these topics today. If you guys in the audience want to ask Cyber Shakti a question, either put in a speaker request during Q&A time at the tail end of the hour, or you can just DM your question to the Adlunum Twitter handle at Adlunum Inc. So Cyber Shakti, welcome to the future of NFTs. Please let us know where you are and where we are going with this crazy NFT ride that we are going to be talking about today. Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I think uh, 
let's let's sort of answer this you know throughout the time that we have here you know going into one step at a time as to how we started and how we are going you know where we are going so uh, to begin with uh, i think you introduced my art really well the whole idea is to show that there is divine feminine in every 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 female out there and i sort of try to articulate emotions that women have and women almost every time in any situation will have you know multiple sort of uh, layers of uh, feelings and thought processes going on in the sense like you have one authentic feeling and one is the world wise sort of way of interacting with the world women always try to find a balance between you know what uh, they are perceiving and how they are articulating because as we know it's very difficult to be a woman in this world and in this space and you know uh, far few of us are you know sort of totally sort of free and unabashed in how we express so this whole uh, balancing act that women always try to sort of have in every interaction is something that i examine and i question you know especially in the artwork series that i created on open sea called the popart series uh, i i deeply sort of explored how pop culture advertising beauty standards etc are sort of affecting women so much you know to the point where how we spend our downtime our me time is also always you know is it really your time if somebody's telling you how to spend it so oh wow this, this is by far the best opener that anyone could have asked for so i i'm very happy that i asked you that loaded question because i think the rest of the hour is going to be very very full of yeah amazing nuggets of wisdom you know i love talking to to about nfts to anyone who wants to talk about them uh but really as a woman in web3 i've had some pretty lonely moments in my time in this industry i'm always that much more excited by talking to another woman in the space because i think this is definitely a conversation that we don't really have as much and especially as nuanced as you were saying this balance that women have to find between perception and articulation because we are articulating in a predominantly man's world and in the industry that we are in the web3 industry is this amazing place where you can kind of do whatever it is that you want to do but we still in some sense are governed by these laws of you know the the patriarchal approach uh to business and just to the world of well the world of the world uh so i'm very very keen to get into yeah just your voice as a woman in the space i think that these voices are so incredibly important because as you say every interaction is this balancing act am i going to articulate what i'm perceiving or am i going to articulate what the sort of standard accepted narrative is is asking me to do so i want to know what is your background that got you into the space especially into nfts and why nfts what is it about nfts that made you go wow this is the medium i want to be involved with and this is the really the universe that i want to be involved with 
Honestly, uh, I have always been an artist, but uh, I have very Indian parents. <laughs> they uh, insisted on me completing my education and, you know, getting a postgraduate degree because graduation in itself is not enough in Indian society. You know, you need to have a post-graduation. You need to have a certain, uh, you know, employability in your uh, belt, really. You know, it should it should be a norm. So I went through all that. And honestly, pursuing art as a career was never encouraged in my family. And it's not just about my family. That's the standard norm in Indian households that one must focus on having employability. And, uh, and I wouldn't say that they focus on your career because honestly, you know, women are also sort of not very uh, encouraged to sort of have a uh, career focused existence women exist to serve women exist to nurture right and in this whole uh, you know culturally conditioned way of living my art was always given a backseat or a second priority and uh, uh, so I completed my MBA and after my MBA I still felt like I wanted to do something more creative so I found a midway with my family wherein I pursued uh, master specialization in advertising and communication. So this was partly creative, but it was still a degree. So we sort of signed off on it. I went for that course. And through that, I stepped into advertising. I spent some years in advertising. And then I switched on to the client side. That is the media side. So I was marketing a lot of uh, content. I was ideating on a lot of content. I was pitching a lot of uh, IPs. I was show running a lot of IPs. And throughout all this, the artist in me always was the second priority. In the sense, you know, it, it was only seen as a downtime or, or uh, you know, when I want to sort of uh, refresh myself over the weekend, would I pick up my camera or would I paint? And uh, then the lockdown happened. And uh, during the lockdown, something beautiful happened. I became unemployed. Because obviously, you know, the first one to go from any organization in layoffs is the marketing person. And uh, that was a very stressful time because the future was uncertain. And uh, I was making a lot of art. And uh, as a coping mechanism, I was channeling my anxiety and my stress because I wanted to stay strong for my family and uh, I just kept making art and thankfully throughout the years while I was pursuing art as a secondary hobby I was still in touch with a lot of artist communities uh, globally and glitch art being a very underground sort of art form was always my go-to community because uh, I, I somehow sort of relate uh, resonated a lot with them and what happened is uh, one of these glitch artists saw that I was, uh, you know, amping up my art posting. Like I was posting art every day. And they reached out to me and they said, we love your work. And we've been seeing your work throughout the years. And uh, hey, why don't you join this Discord channel? And uh, I hesitated for a while. I was like, really, who needs another messenger service? And, uh, but I, I relented, I went to that discord and, uh, this is, this is, uh, early, early or mid 2020. And, uh, luckily 
my community members and the friends that i was hanging out with on facebook or you know exchanging art with these guys were all hanging out there and some of them were actually already making nfts so these guys uh, you know these underground lich artists who saw no recognition outside of their circle suddenly became forerunners of nfts and through my association with them i got an early head start so here i am in my life where everything became topsy turvy you know where art was given second priority my art became my income stream and luckily i also found a job not very uh you know like it didn't take me much time to get another job but here was the first time in my life that i was generating value and uh, you know there were takers and people actually wanted to see my art and they wanted to invest in my art and here is where i found a blank canvas to be who i wanted to be to express what i wanted to express and the best part is people were loving it so uh you know this sort of helped me to sort of you know shake the dust off me and for the first time digest and you know internalize that yes i am an artist i am not a hobby artist i am a practicing artist and it hit me because you know uh, people were having shows in the metaverses and they wanted to put up my art and people were like celebrating my art and this is what nfts did for me it turned me into a practicing full time artist and from there on i've not sort of uh, gone back to my uh everyday life again but the good thing that happened is because i had marketing experience and i had advertising experience i could use all this experience take all my nft learnings and my nft insights and you know the cultural nuances that i picked up here blend it together with my marketing profession and now i also do this for brands in nfts i help them out with their nft strategy i help them out with their communication i help them out with growth hacks so it's it's just worked out perfectly that is absolutely amazing uh i i wanted to comment just on one thing i think you said that art is not really an option for indian parents but yeah i think this is very very universal because there are not many parents anywhere around the world who would really encourage the children to go into art um and i love this really full circle that we've come with nfts where as you say now it not only gives you that employability but it really also opens up this world of possibilities in terms of income in terms of branding in terms of really pursuing your craft and your art as an artist and not just as you say a hobby artist who kind of does it in the in the moments that you can steal from elsewhere so very inspiring um yeah i think this is really one of those stories that hopefully aspiring artists are listening to or will be listening to over the coming days weeks and months uh, as we put it onto a podcast platform because it really says so much i think not only about you as a person uh, and also about the possibilities that we get as people who participate this early on in the space but really also this magic that exists in this world where the traditional world was so affected by covid uh, as you say 
having to subject ourselves to all of the perils that came with lockdown, including unemployment for a lot of people, with this extra time in your hands and really deciding, are you going to use it to invest in your mental health like you did with your art? Or as many people were doing, you know, panicking and, and watching the news and the statistics every day. But really, as a result of COVID, this is when NFTs first came to the fore at, you know, global mass sort of uh, scale, because suddenly people were asking the question, well, what is possible? And it's just so amazing that art ended up being one of the first things that has gone full circle from something that no one's parents want them to become a professional artist to all of a sudden, here we are having you on as a speaker today, talking about the, yeah, just many, many insights and experiences that you've gathered over uh, the last few years of being here. So I am curious, uh, for me, the beauty of NFTs is because it means completely different things to different people. And the more we explore, the more NFTs developed, both as a concept and as a use case. So I'm curious, what is unique about your approach to NFTs? So, uh, you know, like you rightly said, NFTs mean different things. NFT is just a technology. NFT is, so essentially, it's it's a technology that uh, gives gets value from how it is perceived, you know. Uh, in the sense, I can just use NFT to trade art, but then there are so many communities that are using NFTs for access. There are so many, uh, like, for example, in the metaverse, NFTs can be ownership certificate it can be access it can be anything really so i think the use cases and how nfts can evolve is really up to the imagination it's it's about what you can do with this uh technology that's given to you and i think we're still in the very early stages and eventually we'll see this evolve on the go and so many more possibilities are going to open up how i see nfts is I see this as an opportunity to write the blockchain pop culture history in the sense, see, as a creator in the space, right? Um, I've been putting out my work on chain since 2020. So say tomorrow, Cyber Shakti is no more. But the, the, the on-chain data, the technology, the NFTs that I've minted, they are permanently existing on the blockchain. So for people to trace back and see my evolution as an artist, see my journey through my, you know, wallet transactions, through all the platforms or all the, all the people that have collected my art, it's, it's writing my own history. It's about what stories I brought to the table and what projects I participated in and all the communities that I hung out with. It's an open book, really, on me. Yeah, that is absolutely perfect. This idea that your imagination is your limit. That's one that I'm very used to and very familiar with myself. But what you said about writing the blockchain pop culture history, that is absolutely amazing because you are so right. Because everything is on chain, we have this very unique opportunity in history to just document the evolution of a technology right on the technology that is just yeah that's mind-blowing and i'm so so happy to be part of this and i'm so happy to be speaking to you today 
Because I think as a brand expert who got started in the more traditional media world, you have a very different perspective on the role that NFTs could play in branding in the metaverse than someone who perhaps doesn't have the background. Could you share a little bit with us your thoughts on where you see NFTs taking branding in the metaverse? So I think I think it'll take some time for you know us to sort of bridge perfectly between Web two and Web three because right now you know with almost every brand that I uh, interact with the Web two brands I mean uh, they still operate from a very traditional marketing mindset. For example, they still want to know you know as an influencer how many followers they have, how many impressions they get. Uh, what is the kind of revenues NFTs can generate for them? So it'll take a lot of unlearning for you know uh, the traditional marketers to uh, get engrossed in this culture and understand it's not really about selling. It's not really about revenue. Uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, it is about money, and you know, this is why board apes are respected so much. I mean, we can say all we want about community, but it's the 10x return, 100x return that generated is making the headlines, right? Nobody's writing about them because, hey, best community ever. Ultimately, it is about money, but it's about the way that sort of they went around it, right? They rewrote stories and they broke all the rules, and they made things possible. For people who chose to invest in them, so uh, a lot of uh, traditional marketing rules don't apply here. So I think uh, brands really need to a get rid of the revenue first mentality and b start thinking offering first, community first. What can I do for this space, or how can I? Re- rewrite my brand's um, how can I rewrite my brand story on the blockchain and I think that is a great place to start what problem can I solve for my community or you know yeah, why, I- yeah, why do I even need to be in blockchain is it because it's a PR activity uh, will it make my company you know, be seen as progressive if I get into NFTs or do I genuinely have a long-term vision of how am I bringing my people closer and solving some problems for them using NFTs? Yeah, those are some absolutely fantastic points. I think that you really hit the nail on the head. Uh, Traditional marketing, and I also come from, well, perhaps not a super traditional marketing background, but I worked in the early days of digital marketing when you know, having a website was kind of the, the the ultimate of being digital. And it's so true that companies have this very, very short-sighted uh, understanding of what marketing is, is, okay, it has to make sense in terms of the numbers. And the really amazing thing about especially NFTs, I think Web3 as a whole, but especially NFTs, because it's so early, so young, so new, is we always say that it's all about community, but what does that even mean? And I think your example about board apes is absolutely brilliant because exactly, yes, it ultimately is about the money, but it's about how do you go about it? Look at the opportunities, as you say, that the board apes creators unlocked for their investors. 
breaking the rules in such a way that no one had ever done something like this before. I think that's really where the ultimate value comes from. So, yeah. Speaking of what, this is now really the loaded question of the hour. What do you see as the future of NFTs and how do you think it's going to evolve from what we are seeing today? Because as you say, it's very early and we see these brands hopping on and going, okay, I'm just going to do it for the PR and you have all the big companies coming in and you know trying to do something here. It's not necessarily always that successful. So how do you think that it's going to evolve from these kind of expressions to a real sort of a utopian future in the sense that NFTs can become everything that they can be instead of just XYZ use case? So the idea is that everybody is looking for the next board. If everybody is looking for a cracked template to follow, instead of seeing that making something new is the only template you should follow. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like if, if uh, you know, people are still trying to reinvent but they're reinventing the packaging. They're not reinventing the formula. So I think reinventing the formula every time is is the key. Like, for example, your utilities possibly don't need to be another airdrop. Your utilities possibly don't need to be another merch drop, right? Just because somebody successfully done it, do you still need to do it? I mean, there are 10K, there are 10K, NFTs in your project and your project giving IP rights to owners is great. But are you showing them how? Are you creating opportunities or are you creating uh, examples of how these IP rights can be used? Yes or no? No, right? Nobody's sort of successfully cracked it yet. So how about you do what you know best? For example, I'm working with a project, right, that sort of uh, has has um, insane experience in backpacking hostels. They have a chain of backpacking hostels. So through their NFTs, you know, when they dropped their project, they said we are going to make a project for Web3 native communities. But then ultimately, what is the best thing that they know how to do, right? They know traveler mentality really well. So... Here they saw an opportunity to mix NFT act, NFT based access, but then they decided they want to make a real world metaverse in the sense it's it's a meeting space, it's a hangout space, but for Web three travelers, you know Web three travelers have have different needs than say like a regular traveler. They would probably want to be around a space that sort of you know lets them host token gated events for example so they went ahead and they are creating a chain of these spaces globally like at least 10 cities i know they're going to start their physical spaces that are token gated and they know hospitality well so they're creating that for their community and the community is so bullish on this that only 1% of the NFTs are listed for secondary and all of those are way above floor price. That's because they're doing something very unique and that's because they know that if they are doing something, they're passionate about it and they're good about it. You know, like they are not trying to, you know, play with 
things that they think will be successful they're sticking to their expertise and what they like doing and what they know yeah that is that is i think such a brilliant example because yeah I, i think so many of the lines that you are using today are some of those that if you type something into google that has to come up as a quote because really you are dropping a lot of amazing bombs here um this idea of companies just following a crack template absolutely so spot on reinventing the packaging instead of the formula because i think this is the downside craziness of web3 is you have this blank canvas you can create and do whatever your mind can conceive of as you said imagination is really the final frontier whatever you dream up you know you can do it the rules of the traditional spaces don't apply here and yet unfortunately so many companies come in and they just copy paste what they see everyone else doing so one of the cool things about crypto winter every time that we go through the cycle is it's kind of a great reset because with the next sort of spring coming along it's because people are for the first time in however long you know pushing the boundaries again until we see the self same sort of copycat uh practices that we see in the industry. So I think what you are saying about sticking to whatever your expertise is, people come into web3 and into NFTs from many many different backgrounds, industries, countries, you know, just life experience. And if they are abandoning abandoning all of that to try and create what has already been created in web3, that's why a lot of projects don't succeed. However, if you play to your own strengths, as you say, if you're folk, if you're in hospital on in hospitality, focus on what you know, focus on what you like doing, and you might just end up creating the next big thing because people who are in the NFT space as collectors are also coming from traditional industries. So whatever you are disrupting, they will also be part of this disruption. So yeah, really, really good point. I wonder then uh what do you think is hindering progress and even mass adoption for NFTs? Fad, fear, doubt, uncertainty. <laughs> I think globally uh because a lot of countries especially you know coming from where I come from uh, uh a standardization of uh reg uh regulations i think so a lot of web3 projects that i know are building are having problems with you know currency on ramps um you know infrastructure is being developed everywhere um education mass adoption everything is a challenge and i think this will be a learning curve for everybody like a lot of projects that we've started building will not be relevant because something better will be built in other parts of the world and that will scale you know what i mean so a lot of people are also reinventing the wheel for the same set of problems so i think we need a more open source sort of approach to building rather than say like a vc driven or a you know like a a capitalist approach i think but uh ultimately whatever is happening it's good only because hey i think even half a step forward is a good step so Yeah I think there's a lot of learning and unlearning that will happen we're still in the early days and 
After the show, Cyber Shakti, I'm going to add another question to my usual set of questions, and that is, what controversial advice do you have for this industry? I think your idea about an open source approach to building rather than this capitalist VC-driven approach, yeah, it's a, it's a painful thing for some to think about, but it is very, very true in the sense that unfortunately these cycles that we are moving in because people are building at the same time distributed all over the world, unfortunately there is a lot of replication. And sadly, this means that a lot of projects will never see the light of day because as you say, by the time that I am finished, I don't know, building my first sort of proof of concept, there might be another project, maybe in the same country, maybe on another continent, that has already gone through the entirety of their funding rounds and are even, you know, one day away from launch. So very interesting points to think about. Um, but at the end of the day, I loved what you said about even half a step is still, you know, a little bit closer to where we want to get to. So it's all good in the end. Um, I have a final question before I'm going to open it up for Q&A. So audience, please DM your questions to the Adlunum Twitter handle, or you can also put in a speaker request. So final question being, what is your philosophy about Web3 changing lives? I think you've touched on a lot of different aspects today um, that are very, very pertinent. But where do you see this technology taking us in the sense that it really can change the lives of ordinary people on the ground? I think Web3 um, Web is still an open canvas. I don't know if it'll be the same a couple of years down the line where everything is more organized. Um, I mean, I, I don't know yet. But right now, it's full of opportunities. Web3 is the only space where moonlighting is not looked down upon. I mean, I'm seeing cases here in India where, you know, the traditional uh, desirable corporations where people strive to get jobs in are firing people for moonlighting. And here, this is Web3, you know, where like a 19-year-old college student has three gigs and he's still getting more offers and he's in a position to say, no, I don't have the time or no, I want to go party now. I'm done. I have enough money. You know what I mean? Like I've seen people who are from the LGBTQIA community uh, that probably, uh, you know, people who... Personally, I know they've seen a lot of struggle in life to get decent blue collar jobs, but because they got early to the Web3 space, they've built some projects anonymously first, they made decent money, then they got courage to sort of reveal their identity. And now they are sort of, you know, uh, showcasing their art like on Nasdaq in NFT NYC. You know what I mean? So in two years, their life completely changed because, you know, Nobody was sort of nobody was sort of, you know, like asking them why are you getting this opportunity? They went ahead and they made it for themselves. You know what I mean? So right now is the time to get in, get your hands dirty, take as many projects as you want, because I don't know if this window of opportunity will be open for too long. You know, once things and processes and structures and infrastructure is in place. Right now, there are so many problems to be solved. If you can solve two problems or three problems for people or community or in the space, uh, people will value you for those. 
Yeah, thank you for highlighting that really beautiful point. Um, we had a show also last week on our sister show, Diving Into Crypto, that was all about Web3 employability. So our audience, I think it's still available on Twitter, or you can just wait for the episode to come out on podcast. But I think this is really, Cyber Shakti, something that you touch that is so important is this idea that people are accepted in this space in a way that is not necessarily possible in other spaces. Um, there's this double-edged sword in terms, of, in terms of the anonymity of projects, for instance. But I think the example that you gave about people really able to put forward what it is that they can do and who they are and not be judged for it, or ex rather than being judged for it, being and acknowledged and accepted for it. Um, and whether this is in terms of art or whether this is in terms of someone working in the industry, maybe living in a country where it's very difficult to get a job or even more so difficult to get an international job and an online job. And suddenly with Web3, you have all of these people around the world whose lives are being changed because here it's all about, okay, we're in this together. It's still early days. Although I have to say, even the difference between when I first came in in 2017, the amount of opportunities there at the time versus now, you can see the changes. So I, I agree with you in a sense. Uh, this is a golden opportunity. It's like when you are taking photos and it's that golden hour where the light is just right. This is the time. Um, so yeah, don't don't hesitate because every day... We are, as you say, becoming more organized, more formal, more institutionalized, which is not always a bad thing. But, you know, depending on, on what it is that you want to do, you might be into that or not. So with that, Cyber Shakti, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I can see the audience is enjoying it as much as I have because my screen is constantly lighting up with questions. So I'm going to go into the first one. Uh, what are the big challenges you face to open your own brand studio? Any advice, please? The challenge, I think the biggest challenge was trusting myself and, you know, telling myself I can do it. Like I've been doing it for other brands all my life. But then to treat your own brand as your client and as your baby, I think the first step and the first biggest fear is you know, convincing yourself that you can make it on your own. Absolutely because, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, please, please go for it. Continue. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, because obviously, you know, you're emotional and you're, 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 you're emotionally attached to what you're doing. Like when you're doing your client work, you're putting your heart out there. But ultimately, you know, you're seeing it from a third party. So objectivity in building your own brand is very, very Difficult to achieve in the initial stages. Now, that is absolutely beautiful advice. Um, next question. Do you believe that Web3 will reach artists in rural areas? Ideally, it should. And I'm seeing a lot of uh, art collectives sort of wanting to get traditional arts and cultures onto the space, uh, you know, probably immortalize um, cultural, 
cultural nuances in the sense i'm seeing a lot of groundwork happening um without taking names i'm associated as an ambassador for a blockchain right and they're going out of their way to bring traditional artists onto their space so uh, efforts have been started and i think it should be amped up because hey we're losing touch with our cultures so why not bring them onto the blockchain and ensure that they have a longer life and you know artisans get get more employment get some money uh just just good for the world to sort of you know keep these things uh, keep these things online and on chain next question that relates to your answer uh among modern day art or nfts which pieces really inspire you Uh, I think in NFTs because uh, traditional art is something that I grew up learning from, but it's NFTs that sort of gave me tangible examples of yes, this is possible. Yes, you can achieve this, and yes, you know, uh, an underdog can still be seen as an elite artist. so i think uh, say people like fuocious people like x copy there are some glitch artists that i really appreciate and admire uh, her name is donia she is a trans artist and she was the example that i gave earlier on uh, you know she went from struggling to get a blue collar job she had to put out appeals to people on facebook uh, to sort of you know uh help her with aid because she didn't have survival money to actually uh you know winning some awards in the nft space she's come a long way and she has this uh piece that was sort of showcased on nasdaq in nft nyc so that piece of hers from super rare is something that is like a shining beacon of hope that anybody can make it thank you that is again a very very inspiring example um is there still what is there really still a future in nft art no one's buying hmm that's true investor mentality has changed but you also need to understand the people that were buying nft art um you know now i i'm going to go into a very controversial sort of a space here are we good for that so um what happened was um if you see traditional you know there's this example that van gogh only sold one art piece ever right when you were not practicing artist in the nft space how much art were you selling probably twice a year thrice a year nfts gave us early movers a window and then you know we had to you know it's this is why we couldn't have good things because we had to go out to the media and sell nfts as something that gives you millions overnight right we sold that story out and then everybody flocked to nfts with the expectation of making money and that is why everybody stopped making money and then eventually what happened is people were selling nft artworks 
they were flipping artworks as collectors because they wanted to make money not because they wanted to collect art and then eventually nft projects started coming in you know your pft projects started taking over and people realized that hey probably buying nft art is not the easiest way to flip and make money let's let's try flipping jpegs uh pft projects so people started flipping pft projects so what's really happened is it's filtered out your flippers your collectors are still investing in artists that they enjoy but people are not using nft j art based nfts for flipping anymore only very very few collectors who still enjoy collecting art are still doing it and they're doing it in the down low so if you thought that people went art crazy for 6 months no they went money crazy and they found newer instruments and a more short short sort of instrument or a format to make that money so artists shouldn't think like nfts are finished rather there are so many more ways to make money using the web3 ecosystem to you know have art immortalized for example uh you know even digital artists can use easy softwares and start selling 3d wearables for example of their art i see that as an opportunity you can you can create you know you can learn a new software and build like a metaverse for somebody or you can make that for yourself um i think you can drop your own nft projects you can build your own community and set your own utilities to them artists need to stop depending on other people to giving them opportunities and artists need to make their own opportunities is how i see this Yeah, thank you for keeping it real. I think that these words definitely need to be said more often. Um and linking it back to what you said earlier, are you only reinventing the packaging or are you actually going at it right from the core? I think this is the question whether you are a project or whether you are an artist because at the end of the day, really the world is your oyster. It just depends on how how much you can think outside of the box and really i think as you as you highlighted with nft art it's not that the opportunity is dead it's just that we move in cycles everything in the world moves in cycles including this industry including nfts uh and one cycle has come and gone and now we are going into another cycle so be one of the early ones and just yeah create create things the way that you want to create it uh Okay, on to the next question which ironically is how can I become an NFT artist? You need to be an artist first. NFTs, you know, I didn't start creating art when I heard of NFTs. I was always making art. It's just that they got three likes on Facebook. every time i posted them right but i was still consistently making art for 5 years and then nfts happened to me and instead of putting them out on facebook i started minting them on rarible so if for example if you're a traditional artist or if you are uh, for example you know making paintings with your hand probably just just learn how to take better pictures of your artwork and tell your story right and you're good to go 
and honestly you don't need a lot of money to get started with and it's it's honestly a myth that nft artists are not selling maybe they're not selling on ethereum blockchain try looking at other blockchains where you know i rise works but they are selling in volume Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. I have a speaker request from uh, Colleen. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Colleen, you're up. Please ask Cybershark to your question. Hi. Yes, you did say it right. Thank you. Um, I have two questions here. One is, uh, I heard you mention about the F NFT talent hunt, so I would like to know more about that. And then for Cybershakti, I would like to ask, Does these kind of contests like have a positive impact on NFT artists? Do they like motivate them, or like what is impact of these kind of contests on the NFT artists? That is my question. Thank you. Great, thanks, Colleen. Cybershakti, just to get you up to speed, I think Colleen was referring to Adlunum's non-fungible talent competition. where we are inviting artists to create NFTs uh, and there are prizes and uh, NFT judges who will be uh, awarding these prizes. So her first question being uh, telling us more about um, or telling the audience more about uh, non-fungible talent, which is something that I will uh, perhaps do at the end of the show. And then second, um, do you think that these kind of competitions are of value to uh, to NFT artists? Um, and you're really just what it brings to the table. Absolutely, absolutely. One must keep participating. Hey, I keep participating. You know, just because of being around the block doesn't mean uh, you know we shouldn't look for more opportunities. And uh, I think this is a brilliant way to sort of show your work to more people. And you know, hey, if you win, there's also some uh, prize money or bounty that comes your way. You know, so always, always make use of these platforms. Yeah, I just want to echo that as well. I think ultimately. Any opportunity that you get in whatever it is that you are pursuing, whether that's art, whether that's you know business or whatever your your passion is, um, it's so so helpful. To I think something that Cyber Shakti shared earlier about this art community that she had stayed in touch with for years and years, even when she was not actively working primarily as an artist, it just highlights the importance of community. But also, really, that these opportunities come and go, and a few people are able to participate. And if you're one of those people, guaranteed you will get something out of it. Maybe it's you know not everyone can be number one, but anything that you will get out of it will be more and worth more than if you know you hadn't participated at all. So, question Cyber Shakti about the name Cyber Shakti. Uh, your online name Shakti means power. What made you choose that name? Tell us that story. So the same thing, the you know the power to believe in myself and you know seeing myself as having all the resources, capacity, and energy I have within myself, and cyber meant bringing all this energy and. uh you know power really in the cyberspace i think uh, it started out like that only because 
uh, as a photographer, a lot of people kept telling me that, hey, when we look at your work, it makes us smile. And, you know, that was the energy, the good energy that I put out in my work, which was traveling across cyberspace and somebody sitting in the other side of the world could actually feel warmth when they looked at my work. And from that rationale came the pseudonym Cyber Shakti. Beautiful. I think we are almost out of time, so I'm going to try and squeeze in another one or two questions. Uh, what are you telling brands who want to get into the metaverse but don't know how? Um, research and learn, and there is no other shortcut to it in the sense like uh, don't get short-sighted, don't try to look for quick profit. That is like the the most sure short way of failing. Don't go in there to sell. Uh, but rather try to create experiences in the metaverse that are not created. Like why will people it's like it's like viral marketing, right? Like everybody wants to do a viral marketing campaign, but nobody knows the secret formula of doing it. It's elusive. It just happens when you're just having fun with it, right? Same for metaverse. I think don't be sure short sighted on ensuring that you know. Uh, I want to sort of sell X Y Z number of products in the metaverse. That won't happen. A lot of people don't have the infrastructure or technology to access this right now. So. I think instead of focusing on volumes, try to start creating more and more experiences that people can take away. And people will start flocking your metaverse spaces. I see metaverse is on people's minds today. I have another question. Are more companies from India looking to get into the metaverse or is it just the large multinationals? Everybody is wanting to get into the metaverse. I think I've seen the the funniest uh, I've seen was you know a pickle brand. Uh, uh, so so Indian uh, um, so so Indian pickles are very traditional uh, traditionally Indian. Uh, these these women led organizations from you know from say like the lower strata of the income groups have all these women-led organizations that make pickles. So uh, we've had inquiries from those organizations also. You know, we've heard of Metaverse. How can we sell a pickle in the Metaverse? So it's not just, uh, you know, it's not just multinational. It's everybody wanting to sort of, you know, bring their uh, opportunities and, you know, bring their... Uh, business to the metaverse so it's 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 getting around brilliant so on that note it's the top of the hour unfortunately and we've come to the end of another hour-long deep dive into the world of nfts so to nft artists and really thought leader cyber shakti founder of nft studio house of shakti Thank you so much for sharing with us today your time, your perspectives, your very valuable insights on this wonderfully wild world of NFTs. 
And please be sure to follow Cyber Shakti on Twitter. Uh, Cyber Shakti, is there anywhere else where you would like people to reach you or follow you and to stay tuned to what it is that you're building? Twitter, Discord, LinkedIn, everywhere, standard branding, Cyber Shakti, you'll find me. All right, awesome, folks. So there you have it. Just find Cyber Shakti anywhere. To our listeners, Thank you, as always, for sharing your time with us. I will catch you again next week for another episode of The Future of NFTs brought to you by Adlunum. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on the wedding. I will surely think of some ideas and send them to you. Yes. On that note, guys, please do. If you did tune in at the beginning, uh, you might want to go back if you didn't and listen to the recording. Uh, I had a very special announcement and I am inviting whoever wants to to contribute to this wild, crazy idea that I have by tweeting to me, hashtag NFT proposal, what I can do to bring NFTs into my proposal this upcoming weekend to my boyfriend. So... I will keep you guys updated in Cyber Shakti. It's been a real absolute pleasure. I am so happy that we got to speak today. Thank you for being just an amazing, very authentic, real voice in the space. Um, I think this is one of the greatest pleasures of my job is to speak to people, brilliant minds in the space who are just pushing the boundaries in terms of what we've been seeing in the world and what's possible in terms of what's coming next. And I think you are really one of those voices that if you are not following Cyber Shakti after today, I can promise you that you will be missing out on some of the most on the ground things that are happening in the space because she's one of those voices that just have to listen to what it is she has to say. So thank you so much for sharing with our audience today all of your really, really amazing insights. And I look forward to what's next for you. Thank you. Have a great day. Cheers, guys. See you next week. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with Adlunum on Twitter at Adlunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.